0: And God changes our lives. Sometimes you hear things just by praying. This is one prayer for me and the other is in Ephesians chapter one. I pray it over and over again and you look at the scripture and sometimes I never saw this before. God speaking to you. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens me to hear. Has learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I want to let you know just this one truth. So important. So important. And we're talking about the power and authority of the Holy Spirit. This is so important. The Holy Spirit coming to us. That's the purpose for which Jesus died. Please get it. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was there. But there were only two or three groups of people that the Holy Spirit came on. Didn't go into them, it came on them for service. And after the work is gone done, he's gone until the next time. The king, the prophet, the priest. So we have such great privilege That God has chosen that the Holy Spirit should not only come to us, but to live inside of us. He has been given to live inside of us. So you have more privilege in serving God than David had when he was on the earth. The Holy Spirit only came to him. I don't think we appreciate that a lot. And that's why in churches you hear people, uh, ministers, use the word "it" for the Holy Spirit. He is God. Is not in it. He is God. And another thing you need to recognize: the Holy Spirit is in charge of the church today, completely. He's in charge. He's the one to go to if you have questions. I know we like to talk to Jesus, okay? Jesus said, I'm leaving. It's not like he's not going to hear you. But if you follow the pattern of the believers in the New Testament, and you look into it and see what God is doing, they stayed, lived with Jesus for three years, but after Jesus left, Hardly they they spoke, they always will deal with the Holy Spirit. And if you can understand that and begin to bring that into your life and begin to talk to the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, right? You talk to the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, He will begin to show you things that will transform your life and that will transform the lives of the people around you. And they can feel his presence. They can feel the calmness, the rest that the Holy Spirit brings into your life when he is there. We ended last week what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He tells us the Holy Spirit is given to us. He's been given to us. If he's given to us, it's a gift. Right? You know, sometimes ago when I first got to the U.S., and I did the same thing because I, I didn't know better, I, uh, we prayed at the altar for the Holy Spirit to baptize us. John baptized with water, and Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so we come to the to so the church, I, those, the believers in those days, I mean, they were intent. They wanted, this, they wanted the Holy Spirit so much. And I see young ladies, guys, all of them pleading to receive the Holy Spirit. And the guy who's received says, hey, seek the Holy Spirit. Seek Him with all of your heart and you will have the Holy Spirit. And then God started showing me stuff after I was praying in tongues a lot. And I heard him say, Seek the Holy Spirit. I said he's not lost. You're the one that's lost. Why do you have to seek him? He's there. And he's been given. How hard it is to is it to receive. So I just challenged those those things don't seek the Holy Spirit. He came to seek you. Amen. Jesus made it clear, I came to seek and to save. We are the one that's lost. The Holy Spirit is not lost. All the Bible says is, receive Him. Amen. Receive the Holy Spirit. That's what was spoken to Paul. Why don't you come and get baptized and receive the Holy Spirit? Why are you receiving? Because He's been given to you. You are that special. Remember what I said. Elijah didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of him. It came on him. And for us, that's why Jesus said the least in the New Testament is greater than the number one in the Old Testament. Why would that statement be made? So we really need to understand that. Another thing, number two, he says he will be our teacher and our guide. The only thing is you don't see him teaching you right there. But through the word, he begins to teach you. You get away from the word and he begins to ask you questions. Did you understand that? What about you thinking about this? And he just jumps out at you because he's teaching you and he also guides you. He is our guide. We don't resist, resist him, we follow what he's trying to guide us into. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to you but God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts and His ways are higher than your ways and so the Holy Spirit is guiding you through something and you, for you it doesn't make sense. Yes, it won't make sense. It's the way of God. But when it's over, it will make sense. I, I don't know if I was talking to my children or... or I, we live in uh, a place, uh, Steiningham Road. I can't see Grant Road from my house, right? I can't see Telge crossing Grant from my house. But if you go up a little higher, right, you can see all the connections. Well, he's higher than everything. Amen. He knows the path, the shortcuts and everything, and he's guiding our lives. We have to understand that. In John 8 verse 31, he says, uh, 32, and 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, the Bible tells us first that when he is come, he will guide us into all truth. Right? The Holy Spirit will guide you. You cannot get to that truth without him guiding you. It's just impossible. You're just flesh and blood. It's impossible. You can read and stay all night long. Unless the Holy Spirit is with you and guides you, you won't understand what you're reading. You're just not going to get it. And even if you understand it mentally, it's not going to work inside here. It's got to be from the Holy Spirit. So he says when he is come, he will guide you into all truth. But then here, he tells us, in in John 8, 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, what kind of Jews? Those of them that believed in him. If you abide in my word, you live, make your life, Totally on the Word of God, settled in the Word of God. That's why you are alive. You live for nothing else but the Word of God and living for God. A lot of people, some people want to live for God. They have their one leg on this side and another leg. The only reason you live as a Christian is for the kingdom of God and for God alone. If you abide in His Word, And guess who the word is? Jesus himself. So that's your living place. The word. If you abide in my word. Then you are my disciples. Indeed. So there are disciples. And there are disciples indeed. Hello. So. We need to abide in his word. And when we do that, then the Holy Spirit that is already in us, please understand this, the Holy Spirit that is already in us, he says, you shall know what? The truth. You will know the truth. Not may, you will. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Is that truth that gives us freedom. We all need the Holy Spirit. I remember some years back, um, I didn't know too much then, I don't know if I know a whole lot now. (laughs) But from a culture where you had to deal with demons, and I was dealing with them, I was already saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and these demons, they come in and oppress me at night, and I didn't know what to do with it. It's like some shadow comes over you, and, and, and you're stiff. You try to speak, you can't speak, everything is just like that. And I'm trying to say the word Jesus, and it's not coming from, I can't say it. And so I keep wondering, how can I be a child of God, and can't even say the word Jesus? So when the, the time leaves, I go down on my knees, and this time I'm complaining to God. Why is all of this stuff happening? And I'm, first of all, I want it enough, so I'm calling the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, come and help me, all of you, and get rid of this thing. But God opened, after God, I started praying in the Spirit, God opened my eyes. I had one of those episodes... And I was frustrated because it had been a while before that thing, this thing happened again. And I thought he was gone. And this time I was very frustrated. Because I thought, there's no way I can get away from this thing. And why is a, a demon, if, if any of you have ever experienced it, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. And uh, that thing came on me and I was, this time I was kind of angry. And I was telling God. God, why is this thing happening to me? Happening to me? I don't understand it. He said, "It's just a little demon." And I go, huh? he's in the corner of your room now. He's rejoicing. We got him. We got him. And I thought to myself, "This is the little demon." It, it, till today, I can kind of see it. In, you know, with my, I can see it with my eyes. But not with the natural eyes. And I got bold, And I said, come back here. Stand right there. I saw nothing. But I believe he was standing right there shaking. And I said, you can never do this to me again. Not one more time. Not one more time. And guess what? That was the last of it. But it's the Holy Spirit that spoke to me, guiding me, helping me, in this one instance. And He can help you too. This is the truth. And after that, I was able to use the same experience to help so many other people. Freedom. Amen. You know the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Who is our teacher? Amen. Who is your teacher? (laughs) You want to go to Jesus to teach you? That's not his place. Jesus said he is the one that is going to teach you. And so people rely. I mean, I'm not saying don't talk to Jesus. Do And I do that a lot because that's the way I was brought up. and, And I talk to Jesus all the time. And it's fine. But... The one in charge of the church is who? The Holy Spirit. When the disciples had questions, did they go to the Holy Spirit before he came? Did they call the Father? Jesus is standing there. Father, can you tell us? No, they went to Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going away, and I'm sending you another helper. Amen. Amen. I'm sending you another helper. So, who is supposed to help us with our difficulties on earth? He's our helper. That's his name. Our helper. Jesus called him our helper. Jesus has so many other, many names apart from the word Jesus. He is who the Counselor. He is the Prince of Peace. It's Emmanuel, right? All of that, Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is the one that is with us here today. We need everybody. If you're here this morning and you haven't received, notice I didn't say God gave, gave as God giving you the Holy Spirit. That's not the word. The word is have you received? And receiving is the beginning point. Then you begin to learn from this. Because now it's available to you. It's right there to in your heart. Now you can start talking to him and relying on him and asking him for help. Jesus said, when you go before your enemies to answer, don't even think about what to say. The spirit of your father is going to give exactly what to say. We need him. It's Jesus. The disciples, they were so used to having Jesus around them. When Jesus started talking about leaving the earth and leaving them, he, Jesus was telling them, I'm not leaving you alone. I will send the helper. But they still didn't get it. They would rather have Jesus with them for the rest of their lives. They just wanted Jesus there. And Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. John sixteen seven. Through 11. Jesus says it is to your advantage, I'm telling you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I stay with you, your life will be limited. If I stay with you, you will never fully understand God. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come. So you see how the position of the Holy Spirit with regards to our Christian faith? We need the Helper. And Jesus says, I need to get out of the way so you can have the Helper. He is our Helper. He is our Helper. The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. You know what that is? I've spoken to people, you know, trying to get them to become Christians. Going nowhere. Nowhere. I quote all the scriptures that I know, take them through the Roman road and all of that. They're staring at you like, huh? But when they go into a church service, and we've seen it here, even before any word is spoken, they start feeling, I need God. I need God. Who is doing that? The Holy Spirit is convicting them. They no longer argue and I say, I, 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 I've only done just this few things. No. They know they need God. They did. That happened to me. Just going to church and seeing people praying and seeking God, I thought, man, I am lost. I need God. As far as I was concerned, I was the worst sinner on earth. <laughs> That's the way I was thinking. But I knew I needed God. I didn't even know at that stage if I would be able to really continue to serve God for the rest of my life. Because I didn't feel like, how am I going to stop all of this crazy stuff? But once the Holy Spirit came in, things changed. He would convict the world of sin. Our job is to just to talk about Jesus. And his job is to convict them. You can't convict them. You know, people try to save their brothers and they keep preaching at them. And Well, back off. And let God send the right person. Amen? And the right person may not make sense, but to them it makes a lot of sense. Amen? Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Get it? Remember he says, I'm going to send the helper. The Holy Spirit can use any one of us to bring people to Christ. All we need to do is speak his word. And of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I want to switch there a little bit and talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit because Jesus has promised us that the Holy Spirit was going to come. And uh, there are certain things, once I see it in Scripture, for me, that's settled. And I don't try to go there. And I'm going to share that with you this morning here. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus had just risen from the dead. And uh, was with his disciples. He met with them. He spent about 40 days he stuck talking to them. Just educating them. Telling them words. That the Holy Spirit will bring later to their remembrance. And uh, in Acts 1, 6 through 8. It says, therefore when they had come together. They asked Jesus him. Saying, Lord. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, knock out the Romans and bring all the power back to Israel. That's it. It was all natural for them. You got so much power. You're risen from the dead. Who is going to resist you? But that was their understanding. It's an amazing thing what the Holy Spirit could do. These this were the same guys that you see in Acts chapter 2. And their focus completely different. They knew what they were supposed to do and stayed with it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we and we all, every one of us have the ability to embrace him. Many times I asked him, I ask him, look, I can't do this. I need you to help me. I need help. They wanted to know whether the kingdom was going to be given to Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or, or seasons which the power the Father has put in his own authority or power. It's not your business to know the time or the season that God has put. It, that for me personally... When I hear anyone talking about when Jesus is going to come and they try to predict, I just like I'm gone. I won't. I'm not listening anymore. Because when Jesus says it's not your business, it's not your business. And He will come. On, I can prophesy. I prophesy. This is going to happen. And then Iraqi war. You remember the time, the mother of all wars. And people were talking, why 2K? The world has come to an end and all of that. You can ask my wife. I rest. She was begging me, why don't you just go get water? What if if something happens? I said, nothing is going to happen. They are all lying. It's not your business to know. And if you go that direction and you go too strongly, the enemy will take over. And you begin to see things. So I, I just don't go there. When Jesus speaks a word, it's not your business, it's not my business, and I'm not going there. So please understand that. Because today, it just it from one crisis to the other, Saddam situation, there were Christian books written. Babylon, the end has come. And they try to prove it to me as, is, I'm not buying your book, and I'm not reading either. So it's, it's not that. But then look at verse 8. But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now I want to go to uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they all, they were all, with one accord, in one place. In one accord, in one place, about 120 of them, including Mary the mother of Jesus. She was one of the 20, 120 people there. James, the brother of Jesus. Jude, I'm sure they were all there, family. They thought, that's just my brother. They finally realized, "Uh -uh, that's not the truth. That's not the case. He's a different person. He's God. They were all there together. And it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Where did the sound come from? From heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And where did that wind go to? The house. The house. Everybody in the city heard the sound. Okay? But then the sound went into where the you and I, the disciples, were in. In one accord... That whole power, that great sound that brought everybody out to listen, where we had 3,000 people saved in one day. They heard the sound. And so they came out. And all that sound and the power of it went into where the believers were. Amen? And then the next thing, they saw cloven tongues as a fire and divided all that power into their lives can you now understand how powerful the Holy Spirit is for us that's why the Bible says we are not ordinary not mere men there is a part of us that is God hello read John 14 verse 20 I in you the Father He's in us. He didn't lie to us. When the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, there is a part of you that is God. Please understand that. It doesn't mean you can never sin, but we are staying with God's word. Amen? Not how you think, not how you feel, but what the word of God says. You can argue because you feel one way and you've been taught one way. But where is the truth? All of that power went into them. And in an instant, Peter's, Peter's life was totally transformed. <laughs> if you read in Acts chapter 2, you'll see how Peter preached. And if you look at... I mean, this was a fisherman. The way he put his word together. That didn't come from just Peter? He was a mouthpiece. Mouthpiece. But the Holy Spirit was speaking through him. And the power of that, that Pentecost, the power of the wind in him, got 3,000 people saved in one day. One day. Most Christians, you know, guys including me, we just focus on, uh, I speak in tongues. Yes, brother, I, I speak in tongues. Where is your tongue going then? I'm just speaking tongues. The same tongue that came to Peter and the rest of them as they spoke in tongues on that day. Let me finish that scripture here. Then there appeared, verse 3, to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Basically, they were speaking, but the Spirit was the one giving them the utterance. They were saying things that they couldn't understand, but their mouths, and they were ready to go. The Spirit was there with them. And when they quit speaking in tongues, then Peter started speaking. And look at the power that came from the man. They were not asking questions, silly questions like, are you going to bring the kingdom of God to Israel? They fully understood their mission. Without Jesus there telling them, this is where to go. This is how to do it. Preach to the people. To bring them before the Sanhedrin. And then and, and they have words to say to them. And they notice, these guys have been with Jesus. The same force that was in Jesus was in them. And that same force is in you today. You have the same force in you today. People always wonder, okay, if I have that force, how is it that I'm doing some wrong things? (laughs) That's a good question. It's like me asking, if I'm a Christian, how are these demons coming to oppress me? It's about the same. But the Bible says, if you walk in the light, as he is in the light. So you are walking. Where do you get the, the light? We talked about it last week. The light that was created initially from the scriptures. On day one, the sun was created on the fourth day. Sun and moon and all the stars were created on the fourth day. Read the scripture, Genesis 1. But the first word, Genesis chapter. 1 verse 1, God said, let there be light. And there was light. There is spiritual light and there is natural light. You can choose to live your life by the light that is natural, or you can go beyond that, and we are all beyond that. In the name of Jesus, we are now in the light that cannot be seen because that's the light of life. Is the beginning of order. The first thing God did. Let there be light. But it's not the light we think about. That was created on the fourth day. This is the light that brings everything together. And that was the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that takes things from the unseen world. And brings them into the natural life. And so these people were filled with that light from heaven. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, there is nothing that was made, nothing made that was made without Him. In him was life. Okay? And the life was what? The light of man. We need light. And that light flowed from Peter that day because it was the Holy Spirit that brought that light into the earth, the universe. Now, the, the light was in Peter. Amen? For order and creation. Amen? Amen? bringing in new life new creation through him no wonder Jesus says you are the light of the world amen and what we want to sing is this little light of mine who gave you a little light your little light will not light my office but you are the light of the world Did he mean what he was saying? He meant what he was saying. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, your life is transformed. And from that day, you never see Peter asking silly questions anymore. If you just ask questions and say things. He was totally different. Because the Holy Spirit came into his life. There is a curious scripture here. Zephaniah Chapter 3. When it comes to speaking in tongues. When I discovered that. Speaking in tongues was the best way to pray. Because. Let me me show you something here. Okay. Life and death are what? That's right. I believe it was Proverbs 6 verse 2. He says you are taken captive by the words of your mouth. James tells us. The tongue is like that rotor of a ship, right? Can put fire, the whole world, the tongue. But that's speaking natural words from your language. That's affecting your life, right? Yeah. What if, if you spend one hour speaking in a Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Tongues. You're still using the tongue, right? But what's coming out of it is a whole, right? But think about it. If your tongue can turn your life, I mean, just speaking your natural language, what will happen if you use your spiritual same tongue, right? Because it didn't say language, it said tongue. You're using your tongue, right? And you're saying spiritual things. It's going to transform your life. You can never be the same. When I've noticed, when I read, you know, studying these things, I noticed that many of the men that were powerfully used, they spent a lot of time praying in tongues. I was reading about Kenneth Hagin, he said, sometimes Kenneth Hagin will walk by you in the morning, he greets his staff good morning he's praying in tongues and he walks around for hours and then he comes back and he's greeting them again like he just saw them for the first time and so God was really showing him a lot of things he he says things like Jesus walked into his room pulled a chair and sat down and talked to him no preacher is going to lie about something like that and not a good one a good minister So that power is in you. This scripture is very important here. Zephaniah 3 verse 9. For then... Listen to what it says. For then I will restore to the peoples... Notice it's not one people. Right? The whole nations of the earth. I will restore. Restore meaning you've lost something. And it's being brought back to you. It says... I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with what? Where did you hear the word one accord before again? So God has renewed in us, restored in us especially when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God restored a new language to you. And I'm pushing, spend a lot of time praying in tongues. A lot of people don't want to welcome that, and, ah, that's not my church. Who cares what your church believes? We go by this. This is going to be our, the book that. It's going to be the book for judgment. What you do here in the book. So I don't care if you are the Pope. (laughs) If you don't stay with this word, I'm not listening to you. That's just the way it's going to be. But God said he will restore a new language. Let me tell you the power of your tongue. We've been talking about this you remember in Genesis, they were building a tower all the way up and God says, you see, this thing that they have decided to do and they all have one mind and they have the same language, nobody's going to be able to stop them. They're saying the same things, right? Nobody can stop them. There's no way you're going to stop them. God himself couldn't even stop them for what they had decided they were going to do. So how did he stop them? Language. Language. One of them says, come here, bring that brick. The other guy says, what is wrong with you? (laughs) it's over that's what happened last Sunday we all prayed in tongues here right and we did it with one accord and God was doing something for us here I don't apologize for it I'm going to go through this very quickly The apostles' ministry was really the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It was really the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you can see, I'm trying to do something. I want you to get in your mind that if something is going to really change in your life, and my life, and the influence around you, it's got to be this. Praying in tongues. I've seen things, you know, that... After I started doing this, I was... You know, it was one hour a day. And I... I, Listen, I timed myself. One hour, thank you, Lord, and I'm gone. And if I can't do it for any reason, while I'm going out to do my business, I make sure that one hour was gone. Done. And you do things... That you don't expect, you just talk to people. You know, I have right now, I was in Georgia, I have people that when I go back home too, they'll tell me you brought us to Christ and I'm disputing with them, I don't remember. I really don't. Just by speaking to them. God transformed, and they are still Christians, some of them ministers of the gospel. Listen to what this happened, what happened here. You know the story of Ananias and Sapphira, right? Listen to what we said. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold the uh, possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Listen to what Peter says. Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to who? Why not Jesus? Peter recognized who was in charge. The Holy Spirit was right there. Ananias wasn't talking to the Holy Spirit. He was talking to Peter. Right? But guess who was there with Peter? The Holy Spirit. And that's how they dealt with it. That's that's what I want you to understand. The Holy Spirit is in charge. Spend some time talking to him. Using scriptures. He is the Lord right now. On the earth. I'm no discounting Jesus. He's the same. But Jesus says, "I'm going away. I'm sending another person in my place, just like me." So we need to recognize that as believers and begin to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, for our lives. And you talk to Him, just like you talk to the Father. He's the Helper. If you read in John, uh, I mean, uh, Romans uh, eight twenty-six, He says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helps our." Weaknesses because we don't know what to pray for. He didn't say we don't know how to pray, he says we don't know what to pray for as we ought. The Holy Spirit is the one that knows exactly how to reach the Father and to get answers that is the will of God, which God has a future for you. He is the one that can actually speak to the Father, and the Father knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, and the Father answers. These are scriptures. You can't discount them. This is what God has said. And we have to abide by it. And if we do, things, I, I guarantee you, if you take it stay, things will change. If you want to take it to the extreme, take it to the extreme. Even if they call you crazy, don't listen to them. After a while, they will be coming to you for prayer. Because God will be doing things. You want change? Spend that time. Make that sacrifice. You can't reap when you have not sowed. It says, Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? How did Peter know about this? The Holy Spirit let him know. Something was not right. Right? Amen? Acts 10, 19, 20. Peter had seen a vision of the sheep coming down and the animals. And he says, Kill, he says, we're Jews, we don't do that. And then suddenly there were three men sent by the centurion to get the moth, to get Peter. It says, while Peter thought about the vision... The Spirit said to him, behold, who is speaking to Peter? The Spirit of God said to him, and so Peter was hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to him, just like he heard Jesus speaking to him when Jesus was there in person. But the one in charge was the Holy Spirit right now, and he says, behold, this Holy Spirit said, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down. And go with them. Don't see nothing. Don't you do what I'm asking you to do. Amen. The Holy Spirit told him that. (laughs) Many times we will say, well Jesus told me this. But that's not what is written here with the life of Peter. Did Peter know Jesus? Intimately. He knew Jesus. But he knew who was in charge now. Many believers don't recognize that. Who is really in charge. So we don't... we just like... He's not there. We go to the Father. We go to Jesus. <laughs> if we, don't, we don't recognize the one that is in charge of the church today. Remember the Bible says... When he's taken off... The end will come. When the Holy Spirit goes back to heaven... Like Jesus did... It's over. It's over. It says go... Doubting nothing for who sent him? Holy Spirit says, I have sent you. Just as like Jesus sent them when he was here. And Peter did. He went to the house of Cornelius and see what the Holy Spirit did there. Another scripture here. In Acts chapter 8, 27-29. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia, the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury. Preachers would like to talk to that kind of person. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just joking. <laughs> Especially when the Holy Spirit is telling you to do it. Oh yes, I'm gone. <laughs> and had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. And sitting in his chariot, He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Guess who spoke to Philip? The spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake. Can you you see what's going on here? It was the Holy Spirit in charge. He was the one telling them what to do and guiding them. And they were very successful. All I'm trying to do today is to help you understand that he is the one in charge. It's not just a little speaking in tongues, okay? I got the gift on Sunday. How is the gift treating you? You bought a car, they gave you a Mercedes-Benz, or a Jaguar, or Rolls-Royce, and then you park the Rolls-Royce in your garage, and you are driving your Pinto, and going around telling everybody, I have a... Mercedes-Benz in my garage. And they'll listen to you after a few times and say, please be quiet. How come we can't see the Mercedes-Benz? You got to use the gift. Acts 13, 1 1, through 4. And I'm going to close quickly. Now, the church that was in Antioch, the, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mania, who, these names are some, some, something else, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and uh, Saul. That's Paul now. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, guess who spoke again? The Holy Spirit spoke. He spoke. He says, now separate to me. Is that capitalized? Right? The Holy Spirit Separate to me, Barnabas and Saul. For the work to which I have called them. To the work to which I have called them. How many of us have heard the Holy Spirit calling us. To do something. Do we even think that way? Hello. Do we even think the Holy Spirit can tell us. And I'm sure he does that. And here, you know, Pastor Michael and some of others talk about uh, when they go to the grocery store, go and pray for this person. And his voice is very gentle. He speaks to us and gives us direction. And if we obey, things happen. So being sent out by who? Verse 4. By the Holy Spirit, they went down. So the Holy Spirit was there. They understood in their time. That's what I'm trying to get you. They put everything in context. They understood in their time who was in charge for the, of the church. And they worked closely with him. And so they were very successful. They prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus for sure. But when it comes to ministry on earth, the Holy Spirit was in charge. And we need to recognize that. Acts 16, 6 and 7. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and uh, the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by by who? It was the Holy Spirit. All I'm trying to do is to let you understand, in that time, in Acts of Apostle, the Holy Spirit was the one that had preeminence. Because Jesus was clear. I'm going home. I'm sending you another helper, and deal with him. He's in charge. Amen. He's in charge. I pray that God has shown you a lot this morning. He is the one that's going to comfort us. And I'm going to close with this last scripture real quickly. It says, "Then Acts chapter nine, verse thirty-one. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Gal- uh, Galilee, and Samaria had peace." and we're edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and what? the comfort of the Holy Spirit how many of us want to walk in the comfort of the Holy Spirit? he's the comforter, Amen. and he's here this morning he's here, would you stand up with me this morning? I've taken a little bit more of your time today um I'm going to come down here, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you had a commitment uh, that you made previously, but today you are not walking, it happens to a lot of people. But if you want to make that bold uh, confession of him, is the best thing to do. I found this this, when I was traveling as an evangelist when I make an altar call the ones that boldly first step out when I go back they are never the same again different but then some people hesitate and Jesus made it very clear if you hesitate you are not fit for the kingdom so I'm going to ask you, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to receive him, or you gave your life to Christ previously, but you, are, you know you're not walking in that light today, there's nothing to be ashamed of, why don't you meet me here and let's pray together. Would you do that? I'm waiting. Please be patient. Many times we are too much in a hurry. If you have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, where you spoke in tongues, it's a gift from God. You don't have... God gave me a statement sometime back. If you are already holy... You don't need the Holy Spirit. Because you're already holy. Those people who are who recognize they are not there, they are the ones that need the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, prayer partners, you come over here, please. Come up front. Let one of these people pray for you. And uh, God will... Uh, you up with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to wait. Thirdly, if you have a uh, a need that you want somebody to pray with you about, why don't you come up? Okay. I'm going to say this. Because I believe this is the Spirit giving me this. If for any reason you have fear in your heart when it comes to the Holy Spirit, especially if you have not received, something is really wrong. You shouldn't be afraid of your Father's Spirit, it's your Heavenly Father. And if you're afraid, sometimes people are afraid. They say, well, I don't know. I'm not living right. What if instead of the Holy Spirit, Satan gets one on me? That can never happen. Because the Bible is very clear. uh, If you ask for bread, God will not give you a stone. But you have to ask. You have to ask. Amen? We're going to be praying like we did last Sunday, a little bit. And uh, those of you that need prayer, please make your way to the front and we'll pray for you. Let's pray in the Spirit, uh, if you all are filled with the Spirit. And uh, if you can pray in the Spirit, you can pray in tongues, uh, just join me, okay? That's the instruction God gave me. Tell them to join you. And you won't understand what you're saying. And don't let that bother you. It's the Spirit of your Father. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says you do not understand what's coming out of your mind. The same thing with verse 14 as well. Can we just do that this morning? Everybody in one accord, we have agreed to do this so God is with us. God is with us. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us according to the will of God. And the one who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God. This is the way of the New Testament and you can do it. There is no need to be afraid. All you need to do is if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all you need to do is God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, next thing, start speaking in tongues because that's the way of the New Testament. It's not for Pentecost, Pentecostals alone. It's for the church, every believer resa kato Baba barbarasa kandaleba bacanda river sea, Rosete le bacanda river bacanda leva seca, prosete le bacanda river seca, prosete le bacanda river seca, bacanda river sea, prosha kandaleba kandale sea, lukanda leva kandore bacanda leva seca, bacando river sea. Racondele baba baba, bacanda liver sickaba, Moroso condole baba, yasikaba bacanda liver sick, Mole seca liver bacanda liver Baba of bacanda, Roconda Thank you, Lord. You know, I feel in my spirit too quite a little bit. There are some of us that God is saying to you you heard the word make a commitment 30 minutes 1 hour 30 minutes 1 hour you can wake up early you can do it in the afternoon Jesus said enter into the closet right and speak to your father who is in secret And your Father who is in secret will reward you openly. And let me tell those of you that God is speaking to you about that. You may have things that you are trying to unravel by yourself and trying to work it out. Spend that 30 minutes. Just 30 minutes. And the Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart and what's burdening you. Burdening you. And that's you coming to Jesus to get rest. There are scriptures I can show you now that talks about it. This is the rest. This is the rest that God is calling you to rest. And he's talking about speaking in tongues. This is the rest. So you can rest spending about that. If you're so busy, Twenty minutes. But make a commitment. Your life and your relationship with Christ will change, I guarantee you. Because it happened to me. There's just no fear of man, no fear of anything. God can make that happen to you. Amen. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for your people today. Lord, as the we the prayer partners stand here. God, I pray that uh, your hand will touch your people, especially those that have things to pray about. That's burdening your heart so that their lives will be filled with your presence. In Jesus' name, Amen. I almost forgot that uh, we have to give blood, so...